What up, world? Your past first point guard and trailblazer reporter, Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and now also on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Also, thanks for making Locked On Blazers your first listen every day. It's free on all platforms, five days a week, coming at you every single weekday, the only daily Trailblazers podcast. So make it your first listen, part of your daily routine, and tell your friends to do the same. In today's show... We're talking about a basketball game I thought we were going to avoid, quite frankly. And then the Blazers made a trade acquiring Elijah Hughes, Joe Ingles, and a second-round pick and prioritizing some flexibility, more cap space in the offseason. We'll talk about that and then how to root for the Blazers down the stretch now that it looks like they are truly, truly headed towards an aggressive tank. Uh, In case you had any curiosity of where they were headed, that's where they're going. But the tank job took a little sideways step with a legitimately fun win on uh, on Wednesday evening. I, I want to talk about the game. Blazers, be- Blazers beat the Lakers in one of the most entertaining games of the season and surprising wins of the season. I didn't think we were going to talk about this. Uh, I map out the uh, I ma- I map out these little these episodes in my notebook. If for those of you watching on YouTube, there's the notebook, handwritten baby. But um, I didn't. The Lakers or the Blazers lost last night to the Orlando Magic. We didn't talk about it. We talked about the CJ McCollum trade. It wasn't in the show. Uh, in Magic of the worst team in the league. The Blazers lost the worst team in the league. We just let it go. They're playing the Lakers tonight. The Lakers looked really bad last night. I thought the, uh, thought LeBron and Anthony Davis were going to rebound and smoke the Blazers, and they were going to. We're just going to ignore this one too, right? We're just going to say, okay, they lost, but that's not the that's not the news of the day. The news of the day is the trade. We're going to move on. And then they shocked the world. So let's get into it. Fastest recap in the West. 107-105. Blazers beat the Lakers. The Lakers stink. They stink. They stink. I'll say it again. They stink. LA led by seven at half. But Portland had only made one of 13 from three. They were just going to make a few more shots. And by only down seven, one of 13 from three, you knew they were kind of vaguely in the game. Only down two at the end of three quarters. And then what do they do? Blev God takes over. Kelgen Blevins hits the two biggest shots of his NBA career. Two huge threes early in the fourth quarter to give the Blazers the lead. Damian Lord pops off the bench as excited as I've seen him in months. In months. Um, you know, he hasn't been at a bunch of games. He started coming back to games this week as he gets a little bit healthier. But he's not super animated in these games. He's watching a bad team lose. When when his cousin, Kelgen Blevins, on a two-way contract, steps into back-to-back three-pointers from the right, the second one from the right wing... Dame popped up off the bench. He flexed. He yelled. He screamed. He met him at midcourt as Frank Vogel and the Lakers were taking a timeout and the Blazers had a lead. Portland down two at the end of three quarters led by as many as seven in the fourth quarter. But the Lakers, who are in theory a good basketball team, in practice they stink. I'll say it again. They came all the way back, took the lead by one, two separate occasions. But in that second time they took the lead, you know who answered? Anthony Simons, who was fantastic in this game. He hit two three-pointers in the final three minutes, including a second one with a minute and 50 seconds left coming off of Dennis Smith Jr. steal to put the Blazers up five. The Lakers couldn't overcome it. A, a, a missed a missed shot by LeBron, an offensive foul by Taylor Horton Tucker. And then after the, after the Lakers did cut the lead to five, one defensive possession, they, they let it play out. Justice Winslow takes a left wing three, misses it, and the Lakers don't grab the rebound because they're a bad team that does bad stuff. They're bad. The Lakers stink. Blazers get the ball, get the offensive board, and (laughs) 
embarrassing offensive rebound, but the Blazers get the board. Amphrey Simons hits two free throws. LeBron hits a three at the buzzer to make it look closer than it was. And that's your fastest recap in the West. Blazers win 107-105. Amphrey Simons, probably the best player on the court. Oh, LeBron was pretty darn good. Didn't play a lot of defense, but he was pretty darn good. And finished with 29 points and five assists. Kind of a slow start to this one, but when he got going, he delivered. He was fantastic late. Yusuf Nurkic, 19-12 to go with three assists. Justice Winslow, I thought he was fantastic in this game. I thought he was really, really good. You can see that Justice Winslow can be a player. Um, is he a starting player in the league? No, but like he could play. He could. He's he he defended LeBron. Finished with eleven points, eight boards, three assists, four steals. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. off the, came off the bench, closed this game, finished with seven points, eleven boards, and six steals. Uh, pickpocketed LeBron twice in the fourth quarter. CJ Elbley played forty-three minutes in the game that a healthy Lakers team, only missing Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony, but a healthy Lakers team with two of their Hall of Famers and Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Anthony Davis sh- maybe shouldn't make the Hall of Fame. It's one of um, closing in on one of the most overrated careers that we've seen. Shouldn't have been the NBA's top seventy-five. People were hating on Dame for that. He's not even the most most outrageous name in his own draft class. That'd be the number one pick in the 2012 draft, Anthony Davis, who just straight up is no way he's one of the best 75 players in the history of the league. No freaking way. Uh, Did not attempt a shot in the fourth quarter. AD. Come on, dog. You stink. So do the Lakers. The Lakers stink. CJ Elbley played 43 minutes in this one. Greg Brown, second straight double-digit scoring night off the bench. He finished with 11, hit hit a huge three in the fourth quarter. Um, Listen, LeBron had 30. Anthony Davis had 17. Taylor Norton Tucker, 14 and 7, and 7 assists off the bench. Stanley Johnson had 11 off the bench. The Lakers stink. That's the takeaway from this one. Here's my other takeaway. The Blazers are supposed to lose... And they're going to lose a bunch of games. They're not a good basketball team. Um, this exact same roster, literally this exact same roster, uh, because a couple of the new guys weren't available, still aren't available. They held Eric Bledsoe out again, et cetera, et cetera. We'll talk about that in the later in the show. But this exact same roster got throttled by the Orlando Magic last night in this building. The Lakers were coming off a bad loss to the to the Milwaukee Bucks. They come in here from LA. Um, they got you know they got. They also got throttled, but they they lost to a legitimately good team, a team that can win the NBA title. The Blazers lost to the team with the worst record in the NBA. The Blazers, the Lakers, you know, they're they they fancy themselves like, oh, maybe we'll get healthy and make a push. Maybe they don't fancy themselves that anymore. They stink. This was this this was just truly embarrassing for the Lakers. But what I'm saying is, uh, I got off track. <laughs> I got off track hating on the Lakers again. Uh, the the Blazers are going to lose a bunch of games. So anyone telling you that this is, hey, this is actually bad for the tank job, screw that. The Blazers need joy. This was a joyful, legitimately fun game. The arena was rocking. Um, you know, Damon Lord was having fun. Calgin Blevins was making important three-pointers. Dennis Smith Jr. was making plays. Greg Brown was playing fourth quarter minutes against LeBron freaking James. Like, this was fun. This was fun. You need, you need fun. Even tanking teams, even the truly terrible teams need fun wins. This was a fun win. Do not let ping pong balls cloud you from enjoying this one. They'll lose a bunch of games the rest of the week, the rest of this week, the rest of the way, whatever it is. Like they'll lose on Saturday to the Knicks. Probably Knicks are also bad. Never know. But like, uh, Enjoy this one. Enjoy enjoy a fun game and allow yourself to to enjoy this game and don't uh, don't be soured by um, you know whatever Jabari Smith Jr. Uh, dreams. I know I may be talking to a straw man, but I did I heard it on the post game radio show that maybe this win isn't good. No 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 no. This win is fun and good. Be brave enough to enjoy something. This win was really 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 fun. Um, 
so yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it. The Lakers stink. It's fun when the Lakers stink. Beat LA. Beat LA. All right. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about this game at all. Now I'm getting fired up because of how um, how embarrassing the Lakers were and how genuinely enjoyable this Blazer game was. Genuinely enjoyable. But the news that I was going to lead the show with, the Blazers made a trade involving a three-team deal involving the Utah Jazz and the San Antonio Spurs. The Blazers send away two two players they got in the deal, the CJ McCollum deal from the New Orleans Pelicans, and they get back a second-round pick and a couple guys who are probably not going to be contributors. Let's talk about the direction this team is headed to close the show, but before we do that... Tell about betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. It is Super Bowl weekend, the biggest betting weekend of the, of the year here in the United States. I would wager the biggest betting weekend on in the hemisphere, uh, quite frankly, if not on the globe. Uh, it's, it's just a fun time to get in on the action. They have tons of lines, tons of props, tons of odds for everything to do with football's championship game with the national football league's championship game but if you don't want to bet on the nfl they got pro and college hoops they got hockey they got all the olympics they got combat sports they got soccer they got tennis whatever it is find all your action at betonline.net that's betonline where the game starts all right let's keep it rolling one more time. One more time. The Lakers stink. They stink. They stink. This team stinks. And I think they're going to make a whole bunch of trades. They might even fire their coach because they lost this game. They stink. But the news we were going to leave the show with is that the Blazers made a trade today. Relatively minor in the grand scheme of things. The last trade, the last two trades they've made, sending out Norman Powell and Robert Covington, CJ McCollum, and, La- and Larry Nance Jr. and Tony Snell. Uh, you know, these were regular rotation guys for you know three starters four rotation players uh within that uh, cj mccollum trade and i missed this and i apologize they also waived cody zeller um when i recorded the cj mccollum reaction show the trade wasn't official yet so i didn't know that but i apologize cody zeller no longer a blazer his his career uh his blazers career ended less than one season but the blazers made a slightly smaller trade this time not an end of an era unless Unless the era was Tomas Sadoransky and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who did not ever play for this team. Uh, those that This is a separate trade. It's not part of a larger trade. But uh, Sadoransky is headed to the San Antonio Spurs. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is headed to the Jazz. And the Blazers in return are getting Joe Ingles and his $14 million expiring contract. And Elijah Hughes and his $1.5 million expiring contract. And a 22, a 2022 second round pick from the Memphis Grizzlies. Joe Ingles is 34 years old. He tore his ACL. He's never going to play for the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, he's probably never going to come to Portland on in this trade. Uh, there's no. I don't think there would be any reason that he needs to come here. It's it's just facilitating the Jazz saving some tax money and giving them a young player, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Elijah Hughes probably will come here. Um, he's an expiring contract, a, f- a former second-round pick. I know him because he went to Syracuse and lit up Carolina a couple times, but um, you know he might even play down the stretch, like a 6'5 uh, wing, 2-3 two, two, wing. Um, he will likely be here and at least part of the roster. I don't know if he'll play regularly. We'll see. Well, that remains to be seen. He'll, pro- he'll probably make his debut or be available to make his debut Saturday when the Blazers play the New York Knicks. But what this was about 
was prioritizing money in the summertime over Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Tomas Sadoransky was, um, you know, Sadoransky and, and Nikhil Alexander-Walker were two of the four players the Blazers got in the CJ McCollum trade. Uh, they were rerouted, uh, and they were this tra- these trades were allowed to go through because their deals weren't aggregated. We can the CBA stuff doesn't matter as much here, but uh, the Blazers gave up on Nikhil Alexander-Walker, a guy entering. The, he'll be on his final year of his rookie deal next season. And it would pay him about five million bucks. And instead, the Blazers will have that cap space next summer. So what they're prioritizing is the F word, is flexibility. Uh, what the Blazers could do, what the Blazers will have the option to do uh, now that now this trade has gone through, right? And they've added five million dollars to the cap space. Is that depending on what they do with Josh Hart, who has a late guarantee date, um, guarantee date at the end of June. Uh, well, the Blazers can decide whether to pick, basically pick up his deal for about $13 million bucks, and whether to decide to bring Yusuf Nurkic back. Nurk, an unrestricted free agent, if he walks, that's he can do that on his own, but the Blazers have his bird rights. They can go over the cap to sign him. So it, the, conceivably, the Blazers um, will be one of the few teams with like real money to offer Nurk, just because there aren't that many teams out there with big-time cap space uh, who would be after a center necessarily. It could happen, and we'll talk about it when we get there, but... It, Depending on the decisions made with Josh Hart and Yusuf Nurkic, the Blazers could have anywhere from zero cap cap dollars to about thirty three ish. My math might be a little off there, but north uh, north of thirty, less than thirty five million, right in the range of thirty between thirty and thirty five million dollars in cap space, depending on the decisions of Nurk and. Josh Hart. And so what the Blazers are doing is they're prioritizing that. They're prioritizing the ability to create a big chunk of cap space. And you might say, Mike, I looked at the free agent class and it stinks. It's the Lakers of free agency. It's a potential Brad Beal opt-out. Sure. Intriguing. Uh, but maybe not my Huckleberry when you have Ant and uh, Damian Lillard on the roster. Uh, it's DeAndre Ayton, who's a restricted free agent, and it's Miles Bridges, who's a restricted free agent. Uh, whatever you offer DeAndre Ayton, the Suns are probably going to match and bring him back. Whatever you offer Miles Bridges, the, the Hornets are going to offer and bring him back. And then it gets really light. Um, is Are they going to lure Zach Levine away from a really good Bulls team to, again, be a small forward on a team that's like committed to two guards? Like Free agency is not the way the Blazers are headed. People who are... I, I saw... Um, I'll call him out by name. I saw Antonio Daniels talking about this on NBA TV, uh, saying like, are the Blazers going to, going to be able to, uh, you know, prove that a non-glamour market can sign free agents? No, 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 no. That's not their plan. No, they're not going to chase free agents. What they're doing is they're clearing up cap space in order to be available to take on a large contract in an unbalanced trade. Is that contract Ben Simmons? Maybe. Is that contract James Harden? Maybe. I mean, you want, if you're rooting for either of those two, like the best, probably the best two disgruntled players out there in the league, you really don't want Philly and Brooklyn to make a James Harden and Ben Simmons swap this week. But that's what the Blazers are going to do. That's what their plan is. They're going to set up this, this, they're setting themselves up to have the ability to have, you know, somewhere between zero and if if they can choose between Nurk and Nurk and Hart and maybe in the summer have 15-ish million dollars in cap space to absorb a smaller contract or as much as 30 million to absorb like basically a max contract slot if they make it happen. 30 million plus another player, Blazers can absorb a max contract. Easy peasy. So that's what they're, they're not setting themselves up to be a player in free agency. They're setting themselves up to have cap space to be a player in the trade market. But I will say this, that's like, that's best case scenario, right? Is that they have this money. They've, they've made this trade, um, 
to get a 2022 second round pick and and cap space. That's what they did. This is just cap maneuvering, right? Get cap space, get a, get a free draft pick for Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who is probably never part of your plan anyways. It doesn't preclude them rebuilding. It's not, this does not stop them. This does not stop them from um, going another direction. Like I, I still believe, and um, I think the generous read is like, they're setting themselves up to be available for a Ben Simmons, James Harden type trade. Certainly true. I think they are right. Like, but it doesn't mean that gets done. It takes two to tango. It takes probably Philly and Brooklyn not making a trade literally tomorrow or as you're listening to this right freaking now that could be listening. could happen like literally at this moment. Um, or this is, uh, this is Thursday, February 10th show. This is literally deadline day show. We will have a show recapping the deadline on Friday, but, uh, the Blazers, if, if they aren't able to land those big fish or, or say those guys happen and go, that trade happens, those guys are maybe not available or they're entrenched in their, their, their teams, uh, their new teams. And the Blazers, you know, can still absorb a, another big contract. Should someone be, should a Julius Randle become available? Should, a, you know, whatever, whatever it might be across the league, should any, should any big money contract become available? If LeBron James decides, he's like, he knows the Lakers stink. He heard he listened to the podcast. He heard here the first segment. He's like, the Lakers do stink. Get me the hell out of here. You know, the Blazers would have this cap space to absorb a, a big old contract. But if they don't do that, the twin paths are still available. They can go be good or they can be bad. They could they could still pull the plug. They could I don't think they will, but I'm saying like both paths are available. They if it doesn't work out and Dame asks out, again, don't think it will happen. But the the they have allowed themselves the flexibility, the F word, to go either direction. The twin paths of true rebuild for multi-seasons, be bad for multi-years and try to build back up, or make a big swing. This trade today, the Ingles and the Ingles, the Kill Alexander Walker swap, allows the Blazers that. It allows them that path where they don't, where they're committed if it's available to be really good. And if it's not, it, you know, to try to be really good again. And if that trade is not available and their own superstar, whatever franchise cornerstone starts, you know, asks for another direction, they can pull the plug and they can be bad and they can enter a multi-season rebuild. The cap space is only pretty much valuable to the Blazers as a trade asset, but with so few teams next year projected to have cap space, it does make the Blazers one of the few true destinations for trades, for absorbing contracts, for all of those things, which makes them players around the the draft to be a trade, uh, to be a team to receive assets in a trade and, and through free agency to receive assets in a trade. So other teams can maneuver and make moves. This flexibility is a good thing. It doesn't guarantee anything, but I think this is a good thing. If this was the direction they were going to go, I think they're still set up to be in a good spot. And regardless of what happens with that flexibility, it's Dame and Ant and Nas and probably Josh Hart and Nurk. Um, that's that's like a good good group. Um, plus two lottery picks if they keep the Pelicans pick. Like they're in an okay spot. They're in an okay spot. Speaking of the spot they're in, they won tonight, but they're going to do a lot of losing. So what are you rooting for? Here's a, here's a hater's guide to tanking. We'll do that to close the show. Here's where, where are my haters at? Here's what you're rooting for if you want to root for your team to lose and the right teams to win around them. But before we do that, let me tell you about rockauto.com. The family business has been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and they're making it easy. You can save time and money when you use Rock Auto. And 
I'm talking a whole bunch of money, like 30, 50, even 100% as much as if you go to the dealership or you go to a big chain auto parts store. If you go to a big chain auto parts store, they just physically cannot carry enough parts to meet your needs. The good thing about rockauto.com is they've got an easy to use, easy to navigate website and everything for every make and model out there. So you'll be able to find what you need, get it quickly and save some money. So why not head over to their website right now, rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your car or truck. And while you're there, why don't you write? Why don't you tell them who sent you? And write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. That way they know where you came from. It's rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked On Blazers. Here's the haters guide to tanking. First, Let's talk about what the Blazers got. Uh, they, again, yesterday's show, and I apologize for the timing of this, it's just it's just how it worked out. The Blazers hadn't announced a trade until uh, I'd already recorded the podcast. Um, so the the specifics of the trade had to wait for 24 hours. And I, I, I kind of say tongue-in-cheek, but I genuinely want you to have, I want this to be the place where you get your best info. I didn't have all the info when I hit record yesterday, but now I do. So the details on the CJ McCollum trade give us a little more insight. And we, we learned this from, quite frankly, from the Blazers press release. So uh, this one was given to us by the team. Uh, so the Blazers get a first round pick from the Pelicans. Uh, and that pick is, is for 2022 and it's protected five through 14, which means if it falls in the top four picks, one through four, New Orleans gets to keep it. If it's between pick five and 14, it's the Blazers. The Blazers get it. If it's in that mid-lottery, the Blazers get it. If it's outside of 14, it goes to the Charlotte Hornets. And here's what happens. If it is either one of the top four picks or 15 or higher, if it's outside the lottery and the Pelicans make the playoffs, more than that in a moment, then it the that pick becomes a 2025 Milwaukee Bucks pick and that's worse because the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be good in 2025 so it's going to be a deep pick you really really need the Pelicans to miss the playoffs this year you need them to either miss the play in altogether or get booted out of the plane you if the Pelicans end up eighth it is legitimately bad news for the Portland Trailblazers. You are watching, uh, CJ McCollum's going to make his debut on Thursday in New Orleans. It's going to be weird to watch him in a, a different jersey. Uh, I've, uh, I feel like I was maybe unemotional about CJ's exit, just like not like in this podcast, I'm not like bragging about that. I'm saying like it didn't, it didn't like touch me like, oh, it's going to be so, so sad. I think I might be, get a little emotional. I think it will be, I'll have some, some, I will have feel some feelings when I see CJ wear a different jersey. It will be weird to me. It's like truly strange uh, to see him wear a Pelicans jersey. But if you are rooting for the Blazers to keep that draft pick, and you, if quite frankly, if you're listening to the show, you probably are. You need CJ and the Pelicans to lose a whole bunch of basketball games. You can't be feeling like, oh, good for CJ. It's got to be bad for CJ. You need the Pelicans to lose. You need them to miss the playoffs. Um, not bottom out. Like you don't need them to have some bad stuff happen and then truly bottom out. You just need to miss straight up, miss the playoffs and give the Blazers the 11th pick in the draft. That is, you know, or the fifth pick of the draft. You're really being greedy, but like you need them to desperately miss the playoffs. That is extremely important. Um, the other information we got about it from that trade, the other important uh, news or noteworthy information is that 
it was reported that the Blazers got two second-round picks in that deal, but they didn't really get two extra second-round picks. What they got was uh, the right to swap for the better of the between New Orleans and Portland's picks in 26 and 27. So they didn't get a surplus of picks. They don't have extra picks. They just, when it comes up in, in the 26, uh, 2026 draft, whoever has a higher pick in the second round, that will be Portland's. Portland version, Portland, Portland New Orleans. Portland gets the better pick, a uh, better second rounder in 26 and 27. So not extra picks. They don't have extra picks to wheel and deal. They just have the more desirable of, of those two picks in the future. So the Blazers still end up with, Two in, they have two second rounders in 2022, one in 2025, and then they still keep 20, 26, 27, uh, and, and so on outward from there. So um, this is, you know, then it's not, <laughs> they didn't exactly rack up a whole bunch of second rounders, which I thought they had at one point, but they, this was, that's like, by the time this, by the time that rolls around, you won't be like, oh man, they got ripped off in the CJ McCollum deal. It's just like a new stuff to know. So the other big news and the haters guide to rooting for the Portland, rooting for the Portland trailblazers to, to get a high draft pick and two high draft picks, two lottery picks, Dame, Ant, CJ, Nas, Josh Hart, Nurk, and two lottery picks. That sounds like a team that could compete with the playoffs. Not a really good team, but that sounds like the seventh best team in the West or something like that, or at least competitive in that range. And that's before they add anyone else, right? You're rooting for the, you're rooting that the Sacramento Kings got this stuff right. The Kings went for it. They traded for DeMontis Sabonis. They traded Tyrese Halliburton for DeMontis Sabonis. And Domas, um, you know, son of a legend. Uh, many, many Blazer fans, You've sent, many of you have sent me emails and tweets saying that you wish that Sabonis was a Blazer. Um, you Maybe you're right, dear listener, and that he's a baller. And you better hope that, that the Kings got this right because they're going all in and they're trying to make the play and trying to make the playoffs. They are pushing for it. This is exactly what the plan was designed to do. It was designed to make teams like New Orleans trade for CJ McCollum despite being in 10th place in the West and designed for teams like uh, Sacramento for who are literally the 12th place team in the West when they made a trade to go for it. Add a two-time all-star from the Pacers and push the chips in to go for it like ch- chase it down because the plan gives you more outlets to get there and quite frankly the lakers stink so it's not like it's not that, that's not a scary team um it's it's right there for both those teams you are if you are rooting like the the haters guide is go kings boo pelicans and blazers one one win maybe every six games or so like this. The Blazers had a six-game losing streak, beat the Lakers. That's perfect. That's perfect. Lose six, have one win for the vibes, one win for the positivity, one win for the good feels, one win for being the Lakers who suck, and and keep on losing. That gives the Blazers an opportunity to you know be one of the worst teams in the league. They still have a relatively good shot at having a top-four pick. Um most draft experts think this draft is pretty top heavy, but if you get a top four pick and you get the seventh pick in the draft and you're armed with potentially $30 million in cap space, this rebuild can move quick. And the point was for this to be a pivot, not to be a full teardown. The Blazers obviously still are in the teardown range. The roster's totally imbalanced and bizarre for now, but they've set themselves up to quickly retool in the summertime and retool around Dame if that's the move. They've kept all of that open. So you need the Pelicans to lose, you need the Kings to win, and you need the Blazers to keep on losing, except maybe when it's at the expense of um, one of America's great overrated basketball players, Anthony Davis. Yeah, I'm a hater. 
I think AD's good. He sucked tonight. Um, he's been pretty underwhelming this year. Maybe I don't think AD's good. Why am I backtracking? He stinks. Lakers stink. Uh, <laughs> Tonight's game was fun. I had, I had, I had fun watching the, a bad Blazers team. Um, there's not much more you can ask for than watching Greg Brown and Kelgen Blevins and uh, 43 minutes of CJ LB beat LeBron James. It's the best player I've probably ever seen play basketball. Um, so no apologies. The tank train's still on. That's your hater's guide for how to get there. That's what the Blazers got. Um, that's what the Blazers trade assets are. Now we have the, you have the details on that. Tomorrow's a big day in the NBA, you may have heard. Um, Noon, West Coast time, the Blazers play, or the Blazers play. That is the trade deadline. So all morning tomorrow here in Portland, there's going to be big moves happening. Blazers could conceivably make a big move. They are armed certainly to do that. And there's been some rumors that they're eyeing Jeremy Grant pretty heavily. Um, Some reporting that they're still, from Jake Fisher, a Bleacher Report, um, that, that they are after Jeremy Grant pretty heavily. He certainly could be a Blazer next year, next like next time we record the show. Literally tomorrow, he could be a Portland Trailblazer. Uh, they could make other minor moves. They don't have much else to ship out, but conceivably, um, you know, Eric Bledsoe did not play tonight. Josh Hart did not play tonight for rest. He'll make his debut Saturday unless they trade him. Josh Hart didn't play because Chauncey Billups said he flew five hours a day of the game, and they were just going to hold him out for for because he's just like a long flight the generous read is that that's true the more skeptical read is or is that you're suspicious and say oh are they trade are they potentially using josh hart in a trade we'll see but there's gonna be a whole bunch of movement tomorrow across the league i believe there's gonna be um certainly the blazers are gonna do something else with eric bledsoe's contract um you know they've got they they can move elijah hughes again they can move uh josh hart they can move uh uh, Didi Luzada, who they got in the Pelicans trade, they can move. Uh, they can move Eric Bledsoe, whose name is already mentioned in this rundown. But like, they've they're they're armed with action, and so Friday show come back, and we'll talk about what happens. We'll talk about what happened across the league. We'll kind of stack up where the Blazers are in the tank race. We'll stack up where they are, um, you know, in the sort of Western Conference arms race and the NBA arms race. Who got better? Who got worse? What's the direction of all the teams in the league? We'll recap all of it here. Also, the Locked in NBA feed is going to have a uh, a deadline show for you on YouTube page. So if you, on their YouTube page, our YouTube page, if you haven't subscribed to Locked in NBA on YouTube, uh, check that out now because we will have you covered with all the folks like me who cover their teams closely around the league, giving you the uh, unique insight that really only our network can do. Local experts all over the country on what each team is doing. So check that out on YouTube and come back tomorrow for the show. It's going to be a ton of fun. It's a huge day in the NBA on the heels of a legitimate fun blazer win doesn't get much better than this tell your friends about the show tell them look for it wherever they get podcasts appreciate you listening talk to you soon